Happy New Year and welcome to episode 4 of the Bird's Eye View. Forget double game weeks, it's all about double pod weeks. And with the festive fixtures, we have been working round the clock to provide you another podcast. After a dramatic game week 16, we review the lessons learned from this end to the year and go into our predictions of 2021. This is followed by Robbie Wellham's Stat of the Week, and it's all about Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. We're going to discuss Double Game Week 19 as we start to prepare our squads for what could be a monumental time of the season. And then finishing it up with a Game Week 17 preview, the first Game Week of 2021. We hope you enjoy. Today, we are starting off our podcast with a review of Game Week 16. And 2020 could not, just couldn't have a smooth finish. Spurs, Everton, Man City and Fulham players were all wiped out as COVID had one last say in our year. Jack, what on earth do you make of Game Week 16? Well, I want to start by just saying to the listeners that took our advice, you're welcome. Because we told you, do not triple up. I know Robbie said a, said a little bit. I think he was just trying to throw you all off because all I'm going to say is that Birdie and I said you'd be mad to triple up. I, I look at the Man City triples up. I look at the Tottenham triple up and look at how that ended up. And I know you could say, well, that was an unforeseen circumstance. But in a season like this, you need to prepare for those circumstances. Robbie, what's your views on that? Going back to what we said last week again, um, it was making sure we had a strong bench. That was a point by Mr. Joseph Bird. So I think, obviously, mm. like you said, you can't predict who's going to have COVID and who's not. So, But having a strong bench would have helped you at least sort of fill in those points. I had Dallas coming off my bench this week. Got me a lovely 12 points. Birdie had Alioski, another lovely 12 points. Yeah. And even if you have someone who's very cheap and playing sort of nine, just playing 90 minutes and there's a 4.5 million striker or midfielder or defender who's playing 90 minutes every week, it's worth having them on your bench right now just for situations like this because at the end of the day, two points are better than zero points. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And I think, you know, my philosophy of having a strong 11 for the first half, for the first 15 game weeks, I think that works extremely well for me. But having the wild card actually came at a perfect time for me. I was able to get 15 players, obviously I'm preparing for that double game week coming up, um, but it was a blessing in disguise really because I had Alioski coming off the bench, even Susek with three points. Every point makes a massive difference at this time of the year when there's so much rotation. You know, Kufau, everyone's favourite defender it looks like these mm. days, not getting a single minute uh, and you can't, you can't predict it. You can't predict with that hectic schedule and I think that's going to last for at least another month, maybe even more with, you know, is COVID going to wipe even more games out? And I think what it taught us as well, that we need to keep keep our eye on the fixtures, you know, today. Just today we had two more fixtures announced, Manchester United, was it Manchester United-Burnley in the blank game week? They yeah. were playing in a Man City-Villa yeah. in the double game week, which gives Man City two fixtures We'll talk about that a bit later on. But what I want to talk about 
is that in game week 16, we had eight clean sheets. That's the most this season in a single game week. Is this hectic schedule drying up the goals? And do we need to consider this for our FPL team? Jack, what do you think? I think that's a really, really good point. And if you look at the teams that kept clean sheets as well, you have Arsenal in there, you have uh, Burnley in there, West Ham, Southampton, Leeds, United and Newcastle and Liverpool. You can get some really, really good value players. Obviously, we gave you guys the shout last week of Rob Holding and he got <laughs> and he got himself a clean sheet. But when we're talking about loading your bench, people often get quite hesitant because they're like, no, I want to spend it on my starting 11. But we're not saying load your bench with premium assets we're saying load your bench with 4.5 to 5 million pound players that are going to play the games because it shows the people that have done that have prepared with with options like granted it, it backfired with with Kufau, but with some of these other teams like your Burnleys like your Arsenal's like your West Ham's uh, and your Leeds defenders it's paid off and you've not mm. like it's not at the detriment to the rest of your starting 11. So when we're saying load up on the bench, we're not talking throw millions and millions at the bench. We're just saying it's better to be safe than sorry this season. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I'll, I'll back that as well, because I think we're going to have to accept that there will be games called off for COVID over the next coming weeks. I think we're going to see it probably more often. So we are going to need to know we're going to need to have good options coming off that bench if we, um, in case this does happen. Because yeah. what look at what happened last season. There was like sort of two or three game weeks where I think three or four games were called off and some teams played, some teams didn't, and then it was entirely called off. I feel like we might have a similar situation again. So we're going to have to sort of kind of plan ahead to make sure that you have these options coming off the bench in case you need them. Robbie, and I think that's such an interesting point because there's so many people that, and I can understand 100% where they're coming from, where they, where they say it's unfair, it's, it's not gone their way, mm. but we know there's a pandemic going yeah. on. We know the cases are increasing. It's not luck. That part of it is not putting all your eggs in two or three baskets, but spreading it out because there is that risk. One of rotation... Two of people games not going at, going ahead, and three players are getting injured. Birdman, you're one of your defenders who was a really, really, really good choice. Got himself a hamstring injury after eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely gutted. Charlie Taylor going off with one point. Um, Saka has also picked up an injury. Thankfully, he's fine for next week. He's looking good in Birdman United's team. You talk <laughs> about those cheap options. Saka at five point two. He is looking. Such an integral part of that Arsenal team that might yeah. turn the corner. So I'm really pleased with him. I think to summarise um, all of our points, what we learned from Game Week 16 is to not load up on those teams, not play, you know, not have numerous clubs where you've got two or three players coming mm. from there. I think that strong 15 over the next month is going to be crucial. And what I mean, what a time to do it as well. I mean, with a cup qualifying week, unbelievable. Thankfully, all three of us qualified for the cup 
Um, I just want to revisit last year when um, Birdman United had his most successful <laughs> cup run. Yay. 12 weeks, 12 weeks I went through. It was it was really was magic of the cup and I cannot wait. Such an exciting time of the year. All of these fixtures were going into 2021 and I can't wait Absolutely. to go not just one step further, but to go on and win the title, <laughs> the, the FPL Cup. I can't wait, boys. <laughs> and then he wakes up. Heading into 2021, we're going to go through our predictions on what is going to happen in the FPL world. I'd like to start um, by by saying that although I think Liverpool are favourites for the title, uh, Salah obviously being the, the biggest point scorer, I think the closest rivals to them, and there's a loss at the moment, I think the closest rivals will be Man City. Yeah, they're still mm. yet to go into the next gear, but we saw them last season both in the FPL season and in the Premier League season, they finished the year on absolute fire. And one man in particular scored an absolute bundle of points. And I think we need to be really careful and we need to look at his progress specifically over the next few weeks with that double game week where they feature at home both matches. And that is their highest point scorer this season, Raheem Sterling. He is 11.4 million and only slips by 4.2%. Jack's one of Jack's differentials yeah. from last week. And I just think that Man City, yeah, it's like a, it's a sleeping giant. It's a sleeping lion in terms of the FPL world. We know how valuable it is to, to have players from teams that, that win, that are able to win games 4, 5, 6 nil. And obviously, we've all saved our chips. Most of us should have saved our chips for the second half of the season and if we're going to make the most of that triple captain of our bench boost but specifically the triple captain you want to use that on a team that's able to score five or six goals Robbie what do you think predictions for 2021 my wild prediction is um, Bruno Fernandes I think he is going to end up on more than 275 points this season. I don't think it will quite beat Salah's record, which is 303. Since Bruno has arrived in the Premier League, he has 213 points from 20 game weeks, which is quite a staggering amount of points. Um, so it's an average. Average 10. of 10, I think it's 10.65 or something along those lines. Goodness me, that's Which very is rather <laughs> ridiculous. So I think he's gonna certainly gonna break the two seventy five point barrier. I wouldn't be shocked if he hits three hundred. I think he'll he I don't know if he quite scores enough goals because obviously Salah did it when he scored thirty odd goals in one season. So whether or not he'll reach that as well. But I think my prediction is that Bruno Fernandes is gonna go on and certainly break the two hundred and seventy five point barrier, which will put him in Certainly one of the top all-time fantasy Premier League seasons. Well, as a, as a Liverpool fan, which we've already <laughs> spoken about last week, um, this one's this one's quite a hard one to to admit. But I think in a season like this, where lots of teams aren't really finding their their feet, there's one team that is really grinding it out. They had a they had a little poor patch where I thought, there we go. They're going to struggle now. Then they lost key players in James Rodriguez and Richarlison and also Luca Din- Dinier. And I thought, here we go. 
but they're the only team during the last five game weeks, bear in mind they did have a blank game week against Man City, but in the last four games, they've won all four. They're the only team with a 100% record. Uh, six goals uh, scored, one conceded. They're tightening it up at the back. So my prediction for 2020 is for Everton Football Club to be playing Champions League football Ooh. next season. You are mad. Absolutely mad. <laughs> I <laughs> thought I thought I might get that reaction. <laughs> Everton top four. I mean Liverpool, Man City, Man United are three of those four spots. And then it's going to be between Everton and Tottenham, in my opinion. No Chelsea? No, no. I don't think this year. I think next year Chelsea could really be a strong force. But what <laughs> Bernie thinks I'm mad. Well, what's your what's your views on that? Do you think I'm mad? I don't think they'll quite get top four. Um, I feel they do, despite Calvert-Lewin banging in the goals, unless he scores, they do tend to struggle a little bit in front of goal. Um, And Jordan Pickford can be very, very erratic at the back as well. So you never know what he's going to do. I think they'll probably, I think they'll finish in the top six. Yeah. I think top four is a push, but I I wouldn't completely rule out. But I think, I, I don't think they'll finish in the top four personally. I think Liverpool City, United, and then it is between Everton, Leicester, and Tottenham. And I, but I think Tottenham will do it. I think Jose will just keep grinding out the results. I know they haven't been in fantastic form in the last couple of games, but I think he'll, they've had, they've had some tough opponents recently. So I think that they'll get through it. I'm all about good conversations on this. And I've yeah. said a statement. I feel like I'm on talk sport. I've just said, said a statement <laughs> to try and get a reaction out of you guys. And I feel I got that. So Yeah, especially as uh, two weeks ago when I asked you, you have to have one more Everton player in your team. And you responded to me, Jack Reed. Yeah. Who, this is the same Jack Reed who's predicted them to finish. <laughs> you responded with, I'd have none of them. They're all trash. I think, um, to be honest, I think... As I just said to you, they're not explosive. You're not going to have a player banging in double figures on a regular basis. I'm talking now out of FPL terms that I think they could come top four. In FPL terms, there's some value there, but ultimately um, they're not an explosive. There's no explosive players, especially with Hammers out at the moment. It's come to that time in the podcast... Ladies and gentlemen, it is our stat of the week. (laughs) Excellent, excellent reaction. Love it, love it. Uh, This week, it's going to come from the bottler himself, but he hasn't done it this week. It's Surely not. Here he is. I I didn't bottle stat of the week this time, boys. (laughs) Right. I have a very interesting stat for you, and it's regarding the team that won 5-0 this week in Leeds United. With this 5-0 win, Leeds have now scored 30 goals in the first 16 games of the season, which means they are the first team to score this many, um, first promoted team, sorry, since 93-94, which has been a rather long time since anyone's done this record. And it, it really shows how good this Leeds side is, which then sort of leads me to beg the question. Obviously... Patrick Bamford is quite well owned. He's he's got a lot. He's got very high ownership. It's in the forties, isn't it? It's forty eight, nearly fifty percent, forty eight point nine percent. But then you look at the other assets of Leeds and Jack Harrison, two point seven percent ownership. Uh, Click, 
6.4% ownership, 9% ownership. And these guys are playing very, very well at the moment. So I'm wondering why aren't we going for Leeds midfielders? when they're scoring so many goals. Yeah, Rob, that's a... I, I really like that stat. Nicely done. You made up for your absolute bottle job a couple of weeks back. So that's wonderful. <laughs> um, I've, we've got the underlying stats here because one of, the, one of the big debates right now I've seen on social media is Rafinha versus Jack Harrison, which I mm. think is a really interesting one. So Harrison... The regular stats of goals and assists, Harrison has three goals, four assists compared to Rafinha's two goals, two assists. However, Harrison has played, I believe, four games more. So I decided, being me, to delve into the underlying stats just that little bit further. So when it comes to their expected goals per 90, nothing to separate between the two of them. Rafinha's is 0.23. Harrison's is 0.22 which is just outrageously close. And it's the same on the assist. One is 0.26 and the other one is 0.23. So what I'm saying is the underlying stats between the two of them is impossible to really tell the difference, okay? Mm. But, and this is another really interesting bit, Rafinha at the moment, per 90 minutes, is having over double, over double the amount of shots that Jack Harrison is having. Rafinha is actually shooting more than three times a game which is up there with one of the highest amount of mm. shots out of anyone. And also the key pass is Harrison slightly edges him because Harrison's averaging about 2.5 key passes, whereas Rafinha's only averaging two. But when you put all of that in, in together, I actually would say Rafinha looks like a really, really exciting option moving forward. And I think the reason Leeds are scoring so many goals is because they just shoot. Rafinha, um, not Rafinha, Bielsa... He's clearly set them up to just go enjoy the season, have fun. And it's so refreshing to see a newly promoted team, not just park the bus and hope to get out with points. Instead, they're going at teams. Sure, they're going to get some spankings along the way. But them and Aston Villa have been two of the absolute joys to watch so far this season. What do you think, Birdman? Uh, I I can always rely on you, Jack, for some incredible, incredible <laughs> underlying stat analysis and a lovely, <laughs> a lovely stat indeed, which really resembles the the attacking nature of Leeds United this season. If I'm I'm going to go from the purest, the football purist viewpoint, who doesn't really care about these underlying stats, as good as as nice as they are, um, I'm yeah. going to go from it watching football watching football and Rafinha what I've liked about him I feel like he's starting to get used to football in the UK you know? yeah yeah completely absolutely. different brand and I feel like it took him a long time to get into it you saw that wonder goal against Everton and that was in game 10 uh that before that he hadn't really done a lot and I think that now we're starting to see a Rafinha that is having more of an impact, especially in that final third. Uh, he got two assists against Manchester United when they got thumped. He scored that wonder goal against West Brom. Well, I do think, you know, Jack goes through those those shots. Um, I do think he can sometimes take the wrong option and um, yeah. and shoot when, when there's another pass elsewhere. But I'm sure Bielsa's going to going to correct that, make sure he gets the best out of Rafinha. So if I was looking at both of them, Harrison's 5.4, Rafinha's 5.5. I think it's much of a muchness. If I had to pick one, it would be Rafinha. But I could see either of them. The other, the other debate in FPL with Leeds is uh, Dallas. Oh. 
got 70 points this season, a Robbie Wellham favourite, mm. and Alioski, who's new to, to Joseph Bird, to Birdman United's team on debut. For Birdman United, he got a, a lovely 12 pointers, and he's practically playing as a left winger, which is what yeah. I like about Alioski. Yeah. Same with Dallas. That's Dallas pretty... is so far forward. So, which one? Yeah. Robbie. That's what I was going to say about Dallas is he's essentially playing, he plays as like this inverted wing back. It's a role that you see um, Joao Cancelo do for Manchester City. And but when he's defending, he does sort of tend to drop back in that left back position. But when he's going forwards, he's very central. He's right in, right in the mix. And I, I feel like Stuart Dallas is this year's John Lundstrom yeah. from last year. Yeah. In the fact that his goal threat is. He's having so many. He's shooting a lot. His creativity is certainly so much higher than I think all defenders out there. Um, if you look at the FPL ICT rank for defenders, I don't know the science behind it, um, but I believe the threat he is first out of two hundred and twenty-one, and I believe he the is. threat he is that spawn. The threat means he is having the most shots out of any defenders, most shots on target, and I'm I'm pretty sure that's where that stat comes into play. And Alioski is so 14 out of 221 as well, so they're both up there. Yeah, they're, so they're both up there. They're, they're having goal attempts, and they will get a lot of points this season. They they will concede a lot of goals, um, but at the same time, when they do keep clean sheets, it's a bonus, and then I think their attacking returns make them worth it. I just want to, I'd like to finish this stat off nicely by saying that um, having been, uh, having watched Leeds over the last few years in the Championship, um, this is, this time of the year is where their strong fitness levels see them having a massive advantage over the opposition. And I think we saw that in the last match against West Brom. You know, Bielsa really, in that pre-season, he absolutely runs the players into the ground and their fitness levels are just so, so strong. And especially, and clubs aren't used to, used to the intensity they have on a normal day. Well, when teams are having to rotate all the time, get used to a different starting eleven, leads, they don't need to because their fitness levels are so strong. So if we're talking about the here and now, I think Leeds are a massive option, especially yeah. as they have two fixtures in that double game week. Looking on to that double game week, obviously it's in a few weeks' time. We need to be managing our squad so we're ready for that double game week. I'm sure a lot of us are going to be free-hitting in game week 18, but double game week 19, what clubs... And what players do we need to be having a look at? Jack Reed. Yes, sir. I think this double game week, and this is why listening to our podcast is such a benefit to you guys, because this is your chance to start gaining that ground on your rivals by playing this well. So I'm going to start by talking about, I'm hoping, quite an obvious one, which is West Ham United. And some people are starting to overlook them because their form's shaken a little bit. But with Burnley and West Brom as their next two games... You, you can't look too far beyond them, especially because one man is back. Birdie, Robbie, could either of you tell me who that man is? The mighty Mikael, I believe. Absolutely. Antonio is back. And even though he's only played eight games this season, he's already he's still got a higher expected goal, which you know I love, than Sebastian Haller. 
So you presume he's going to come back in. He's having nearly three shots per 90 minutes. He's uh, in eight games expected three goals and he's played some difficult teams in that time. I just feel Antonio is such an exciting option to have a look at for the double game week. I think a fit and firing Antonio against those two defences could be such a force to be reckoned with. But, you know, here at the Bird's Eye View, we don't want to just give you one option. I also wanted to talk briefly about Thomas Suchek, who, particularly from corners, he's he's lethal. He's like David Moyes has gone and handpicked the new Fellaini, who we know he absolutely loved. <laughs> and his ex- he's actually got the highest expected goals out of anyone at West Ham United. And he's, he's on four goals. What? So he's their joint top goal scorer oh, with Jared Bowen. And how much Birdman? Off the I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, how much is he right now? Two checkers. Two checkers. Five point two. But I think it's interesting you say he's the joint top scorer at West Ham. I think personally that stat means that we should maybe be looking more about their defensive options. Mm. You know, I think that they're not really creating as much. Maybe if Ben Rama started getting into that starting eleven. Uh, yeah, be talking going forward, but I think maybe you've got to look at Kufau, uh, Balbuena, Cresswell, and even Fabianski. But yeah, that West Ham in that double game week. That's a really good Birdman. I'm gonna chip in really quickly with Balbuena. I've been having a little look, tread with caution. This Dawson, we all know Dawson, he, he's a he's old guard, he's come in and put in a really strong performance for West Ham after they've been a bit shaky. So there is some views that Balbuena may now be a rotation risk. And it may... So, Cresswell, Kufau, Fabianski, I would say those three before you go for Balbuena. I I think Cresswell as well has that added threat of set pieces because he takes a lot of corners, he takes a lot of free kicks to West Ham as well. So, you can... He has that extra sort of... That little bit of bubble gum that we were talking about (laughs) last week. That is a bit of flavour to him. I think he's got that... That extra little chance of creating more for the for his teammates than any and of those other defenders. Spot on. There's been nine assists for West Ham this year, and Cresswell's got four of them. There you go. There you go. He's got five. He's got five. Oh, I messed up. My stats He's are wrong. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. Robbie, what do right. you think? Right. So, from one striker returning from injury that Jack's just mentioned to another, it's ding dong. He's back. He is back in the team. He started last week. um, And in this double game week, he's playing Leicester and Leeds United. As much as we we have praised Leeds and will praise Leeds, no doubt, throughout the season, they can leak a lot of goals. And we saw how threatening Danny Ings was last season, how vital he is to Southampton's performances. I think he's he's a very good shout for this game week, um, for the double game week. I imagine his price has gone down. I don't have the stats in front of me, I'm afraid, um, what his price is at the moment. But um, for I think he's probably about eight. He's probably less than 8.5 now. He's, he's 8.3. Oh, 8. Birdie 3. got there first. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think 8.3 is good value for him, considering he is, I think he is worth an 8.5, 9 million value striker at his best, certainly. So yeah. I think he's certainly one to keep an eye on. We've, we have touched on Leeds. I think Rafinha and Harrison are both definitely players to look out for. Um, Birdie, have you got any others to add to this list? 
Well, I'm going to go for a little bit of bubblegum because you know I like my raspberry ripple. Yeah, let's hear it. And I put in a player, this has been a very controversial shout in the FPL world, but I saw this team have Wolves and West Ham in the double game week and I thought, Big Sam's back. Oh, yeah. Grant is my budget striker. He may not be lasting very long. (laughs) I can't believe you've got him. But he is my Raspberry Ripple. Call me mad. But I thought, you know, he's a budget striker. I couldn't get in Che Adams, unfortunately. I couldn't get in Haller or Antonio. <laughs> so the way I see it is with a budget player, he's yeah. not expected. He's not, they are not expected to win you leagues. They're not expected to get you 10, 10 plus points. Those are for your Brunos, your Salas, etc., etc. So I thought, let's have a punt. Let's have a bit of Raspberry Ripple. Callum Grant, he's going to score in that double gay week. You've heard it from me now. Bird man. Callum Grant. I'm, I'm going to counter that one. Guys, I think Bird's a bit mad here. I, I 100% see where he's coming with it uh, at 5.8 million but with only one goal so far this season and with uh, expected goals of just over one. It, in that same price bracket, you've got Che Adams, Chris Wood, Mikel Antonio, Ollie Watkins, Rodrigo, more pie. And we're going to, and you've got to transfer it in, Grant. I love it. I love that you did that. Yeah. I will, yeah. If he, if he scores, listeners, I will eat my hat. But yeah. I rate, I rate it because. Birdie's trying to prove to us that he's not vanilla, and that's a sign we're starting to get into his head, which is a wonderful <laughs> thing. Right, Jack, it's, it's the I most raspberry do... ripple move of the season so far. So Absolutely, it. Jack. I want to do a little little bet with you. Let's right? hear it. If Garland, if Garland Grant scores in that double game week, yeah, I think you owe me a raspberry ripple ice cream on Barry Island. Still, and if he doesn't. He... If he doesn't, then you get a vanilla ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take that. (laughs) Looking ahead to the first game week of 2021, we have game week 17. What players and teams are you targeting? What are you going to do with your team? Robbie Wellen. Well... I, quite frankly, have had enough of Edouard Mendy in goal. Um, <laughs> ever since I've put him in, he hasn't kept a clean sheet. Um, I didn't want to put him in in the first place. The only reason I did was because I had to take Martinez out the oh, week they had COVID. That's such a painful transfer. And it's, it's an incredibly painful transfer. He's done nothing for me and I'm, quite frankly, fed up with him. I know he's got a double game week, game week 19, but I can't be bothered with him anymore, so I'm going to get someone else in to replace him. Um, get it all out, Rob. Yeah, honestly, I'm not happy with him right now. Um, especially because Martinez has excelled in the few weeks he's been out. Um, on the shortlist right now, Lucas Fabianski. Yeah. Uh, double game week, he's got West Brom and Burnley. Um, I'm also potentially looking at Sam Johnston. Um, again, wow. they're, playing Wol- they're playing Wolves and West Ham, obviously. But again, I think I'm leaning towards Fabianski. Um in terms of my team this week, I do have a conundrum who I'm going to put as my captain. Um, it's between Fernandez, Salah, Son and Kane, really. They could, I could raspberry ripple and go for Trent Alexander-Arnold or Martinelli. No. 
You're um, not going to do that. You know so I don't. I, 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 I don't have the guts to do that. Um, and it's, there's also there's also a debate whether I start Dallas or Walker Peters out too because Walker Peters is home to Liverpool with Dallas away to Tottenham, and I think both players are probably going to concede a fair few goals in those games. Um, if I was to put out a point prediction this week, I'm going to go well. Seeing as I average probably about sixty, because I've been doing quite well this year, I'm going to go with sixty again. I think it's going to be an average week for me. Yeah. So, what do you think, Jack? What do you think? Yeah, no, uh, I, I like those moves. I'm I'm very pleased the Mendy shout has backfired for you. That's that's been wonderful. <laughs> I'm still about ninety odd points behind you, but you know, you win or you learn. You win or you learn. Um, so yeah, my moves are going to be quite simply. You've just got to look towards that double. Um, I'm playing my free hit. Uh, the following week so I'm not even remotely interested in that blank game week I'm almost when I have my spreadsheet I just have all of that now taken out because it's it doesn't matter um so with that in mind there's two or three people on my radar I I briefly mentioned shortly uh, a short while ago uh Thomas Suchek um I'm actually thinking about taking a bit of a bit of a risk I took a risk last week and took out Calvert-Lewin and that, that went wonderfully because I brought in Bamford. And so this week I'm going to take out Jack Grealish for Thomas Suchek, which on the face of it looks mad. But I will give you guys, because I'm so far behind you guys, I'll give you guys my um, next trans- transfers after that will be Che Adams and Harry Kane out for Danny Ings and I'm hoping Sergio Aguero. Ooh. Raspberry Ripple. You love like proper Raspberry Ripple. Who's your captain this week, Jack? Oh, like Rob said, I, I'm not 100% sold. I, I've had two captaincy. I think I've had three captaincy blanks all season, two in the last two weeks, both on Mo Salah. So I've, I'm feeling a bit traumatised by him. So I think I'm going to go for Bruno Penendez and just give him the armband because he always gets points. Mr. Consistent. Absolutely. How about yeah. you, Birdman? Well, what are you saying? Let's hear what you've got to say. Yeah, I've got I've got a few conundrums this week because a lot of my players are playing each other. So I've got my three Tottenham players and Son and Kane. They are playing Leeds, and I've got Bamford and Alioski. So that's a mm. bit of a conundrum. I've also got uh, my two keepers, Johnston and McCarthy, are playing Arsenal and Liverpool, and so Johnston will be in the net, but obviously. Oh, with West Brom conceding five goals, um, I'm not too confident about that one. But do you know what? It's really funny. I'm not too confident about this week. But yeah. what's happened this year is that the weeks where I think I'm not going to do very well, I've ended up getting uh, big hauls. So uh, with that in mind, I'm going to predict a, a very low total of uh, 58. Um, as, uh, as Robbie says, I'm also doing very well this year. <laughs> um, I am 28 points behind Robbie, which is not too far off in the grand scheme of things. But I think with this week, I'm just going to take it as it comes. If uh, players are going to be on the bench or players are playing each other, then so be it. That's what we've got to accept at this time of the year. I do want to make one transfer because I cannot save two transfers. So what I mean by that is if I make if I don't make any transfers, I'd have two transfers for game week 18. Well, I'm going to free hit mm, anyway. Yeah. You're Free hit yeah, yeah. wipes out those two transfers. So say it doesn't remember that you saved your two free transfers and that gets passed on over to game week 19. So I feel like I need to make 
a change just to get my team ready for game week 19. But I'm not sure who. It might be Charlie Taylor because he might be out for two to three weeks. And we haven't heard the full extent of that. So definitely keep an eye on that. 58 points. I'm going to go for Kane this week. I think Tottenham have had a bit of a rest. I think they need to score goals. And I think that counter-attacking football against Leeds could pay off very nicely. So Kane's going to go as captain. Um, but I do want uh, a Burnley defender. Jack, why do I want a Burnley defender? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we were having a brief look uh, before we jumped on this pod at the form over the last five games, which is why I made my outrageous prediction about Everton. And I gave these lads as many guesses as they wanted to guess who is currently fourth place in the form charts over the last five games after winning three, drawing one, losing one, with four scored and only two conceded. They couldn't guess it for a solid minute, minute and a half, and they guessed probably 80% of the league table. Before I said to them... Burnley Football Club are currently fourth place ahead of Liverpool over these last five games amongst Man City and Arsenal and Chelsea and all these guys. So Burnley, Sean Dyche has turned that that situation around and with only two goals conceded, only Aston Villa and Everton have been stronger defensively over these last five games. And we've got to bear in mind as well, Everton have only played four and then have played Man City where they would have probably conceded. So I think Birdman is absolutely right. Uh, Obviously, you've got to watch out for the injury uh, to Taylor, but Ben Mee in particular, their their skipper is going to play 90 minutes each and every week, 4.9 million. And I think he's a real, real option. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Maybe look at, if you're looking at short-term option, Eric Peters Mm, will come in for Charlie Taylor. But there we have it, a big... I've, I've just realised, and I'm sorry, listeners, because uh, in the in the world of the Premier League, we get so used to the to the big boys, and obviously Robbie and Birdie are battling for first place, which is wonderful. But you guys are also interested in in the mid table battles, where I'm currently slowly making my way up, and I think I'm in like twelfth or something like that. So, <laughs> out of forty six, out of forty six is not bad. It's not yeah, bad. it's it's fine. But I forgot to give you guys my points prediction. Um, even though I, I've outscored you guys for the last two weeks, I think. But um, it's not really done much. It's moving up from like 20th to 12th, actually. But I'm going to predict uh, another 50. 50 another points. 50. Very safe. Very vanilla. Yeah. Um, very Jack Reed. Um, <laughs> thank, you. thank you to both of you. Thank yeah. you to everyone for listening in. Next yeah. week, our next podcast is all about the blank game, what our choices are going to be. That's an absolutely massive week. All three of us, I can safely say, will be free hitting. So that one is simply not to be missed.